Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Chad Simpson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gian Lemmy. Hey, Chad, today is a big day for us. Yes, man. Who, uh, As we were putting this podcast together, um, we were just thinking about the Mount Rushmore of, of guests and even on uh, our podcast, Idols, and uh, Jason Romano would 100% be on that list. He was one of the first guys that we thought of and putting on our guest list. Um, and so thankful that you got the chance to talk to him, that he took some time off his busy schedule at Sports Spectrum to talk to us. Yeah, so Jason is the author of, of The Uniform of Leadership and uh, loved the book. Really great sports stories, a biblical per- um, perspective, and um, a lot of personal stories, a lot of vulnerability from, from Jason. He also wrote an excellent book uh, called Live to Forgive that really details the forgiveness process that he had to do in forgiving his father. And uh, in this podcast, you are going to get to hear a little bit about Jason's daily routine and uh, a few tips. Um, this is what I really needed, but a few tips to develop empathy. Yes, I definitely need empathy, Chad. Um, that's one of the things I'm working the hardest at. Um, with my family, with my kids, especially, um, and then players and staff. Um, but Jason has been just a, such a phenomenal guy to follow on Instagram and Twitter. And he actually worked for ESPN at, you know, for a long time. And he worked with Mike and Mike in the morning and who didn't listen to Mike and Mike in the morning, you know, Chad. So I'm just so thankful that you got the chance to talk to him and we can't wait to share it with you coach right now. Jason Romano, welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast. Thanks for having me, Chad. Great to be here with you. Well, Coach uh, Coach Lemmy, our co-host, and I, we're crazy passionate about uh, coaches impacting their mission field. And we believe that uh, someone has to be coaching the coaches. And, uh, you know, we see you as the guy. We see you as the pastor to the sports world. And uh, we've loved just digging into the, the heart of a coach, the disciplines, the actions of a coach. And just want to hear from you and your experience from, uh, from your perspective what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? What does it mean to be a Christian coach? It's such a wide ranging you know, question kind of answer that you can go to. Um, Cause I would say it's the same answer that it means to be a Christian dad or a Christian husband or a Christian carpenter or a Christian ESPN producer, which I was for years. Like I, I remember for many years, I used to look at myself as an EMP, ESPN producer who happened to be a Christian. And it took me eight or nine years to understand the realization that, no, I was a Christian first who happened to work at ESPN. And so I guess my my answer here would be, to keep it shorter than longer, would be to look at yourself as a Christian who happens to be a coach, as opposed to a coach who happens to be a Christian. And I think when you do that, you know, you keep that's keeping Christ at the center of everything we do. And that doesn't, you know, mean just in coaching. Like I said, when you go home to parent your kids or to be a husband or, or a wife to your, your spouse, you know, keeping Christ at the center is of the utmost importance in, in doing all of that. Um, do we fail at that? Yes. Have I? Absolutely. Every single day it feels like. But I think to be a Christian coach, what it means is to keep Christ at the center. And, uh, and you know, there are attributes that come from that, you know, in ways that we should carry ourselves. 
but I really believe those ways kind of stream through everything that we do and not just being a coach. So I think it's keeping Christ at the center and remembering the order, if you will, that it's Christian first, coach, and everything else second. For you, after meeting and hosting and interviewing so many Christian coaches on, on your uh, awesome podcast, which we, we both subscribe to and love, but what are some themes or commonalities that you have seen in these Christian coaches? Well, I think the first thing I've, I've noticed is how much they care about their players. Um, and that's an attribute. You know, we talked about an attribute earlier. I mentioned attributes and I didn't go deep into them, but that's one of them is, is how much they care about their players um i will say a common attribute and it's not it's not the best one is they all have real struggles you know that they walk through um balancing being a follower of christ with the work that they do and sometimes putting in too much work in basketball or in football or whatever you're coaching tennis soccer and forgetting that 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 walk with Christ first. And I think a lot of the coaches that I've talked to struggle with that. Um, so that's a real commonality. Um, I also think that, you know, they understand that they can't do this on their own. And I don't just mean from a needing Christ perspective, but needing each other, community, relationships. You know, one of my favorite questions to ask Chad in my show is who's pouring into you? Because as coaches, you feel like you're pouring into others and that's all you're doing and you're emptying you're emptying your cup every day and then obviously you try to fill that with the word and with your prayer time and with god but we also need each other and so one commonality i think another one that i've found when i talk to coaches is that if they're not careful isolation can take place and they feel like they're on an island by themselves and, you know, some coaches are the only coach on the team that I've talked to. Others have assistant coaches and have a staff and people around them. And, you know, I just talked to a coach, a football coach a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he talked to me about how important it was to stay connected with his coaches, not just his players, and use or utilize them to pour into him. And I thought that's a really fascinating look at, as a coach on what that means, because yes, you want your staff to work well together and to be there to kind of do the, you know, some of the things that you don't do and each person has their role, but they have to build each other up. And especially as a Christian coach, not just as a coach, but as a Christian coach. So there's a few things I think that I've seen. I'm sure there's more, but you know, we don't have two, two hours here, Chad. <laughs> that's uh, that's so good. Uh, really good themes and, and commonalities and I just wanted to think back on your journey just a little bit and the place I wanted to pick up on was after your first interview at ESPN when you didn't get the job and then two years later you, you came back and, and did land that job but curious after that that slight rejection or, or letdown is there anything that you remember doing or rededicating yourself to be more prepared for for that next interview that's a great question and one I've not been asked. And, you know, I was very young, you know, when I think back to that time, young as a human, but I mean, I wasn't even a Christian at the time. So my faith wasn't guiding my steps and certainly guiding my decisions at that time. I think I would have probably done things differently 
as a believer, certainly as a person now in my 40s, I know I would have done things differently. But thinking back to that time, you know, when I didn't get the job, I was not surprised. You know, I was 24, I think I was 24 at the time. And this would have been in 2000 or 1998. So yeah, I was 24 and, you know, I was six months out of college. So when I went to ESPN to interview for that job, uh, I was just happy to go to ESPN to interview for that job. I honestly didn't care if I got the job. I was hoping I would get it, but I didn't really care. And I didn't do a lot of interviewing at that time. Uh, you know, I, I had gotten out of college and I interviewed at a few places and got the job that I got in local radio, but I was still so young in so many aspects of my life. I mean, I wasn't even engaged yet to my now wife. You know, I was just dating her and trying to figure out relationships. And I knew that I wanted to work in broadcasting. That's all I knew. And, uh, you know, I was just trying to figure out life. So I think the two years in between, the one thing I was, I, I would say that I did, um, and this is kind of obvious was I just gained more experience. Um, you know, I, I, I focused on the work that I had instead of dreaming and trying to figure out where I was going to end up and opportunities came after that. Uh, I would say to work in the, the morning show in the local radio station that I was at. And that opened up a lot of doors for me to kind of get experience and, and work with somebody who had been in the business for 40 years, a great mentor to me, a guy named Don Weeks in Albany, New York. And, and so being around those guys, I was just focused on the task and not really thinking in two years, I'm going to interview for this same exact job at ESPN. And this time I'm going to get it. That was not my, my thought process in those early years. Now, I'll tell you the thing I would do differently, thinking back to where I am now, and I should say fast forwarding to where I am now and thinking back to where I was, was in those two years, I would have spent time, I think, building relationships with people that worked at ESPN somehow, some way. Now, in those years, there was no LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. There was nothing like that. It was the internet was in its infancy and it was good old fashioned telephone calls. There wasn't even texting. So it was much harder then to find people who worked at ESPN, especially if you didn't live in Bristol, Connecticut, and learn from them. Today, it's easy. It's really easy. Just go to LinkedIn and type in ESPN producer and watch how many, you know, people pop up that, you know, work there or have worked there. That's what I would do today if that were me 23 years ago, 22 years ago, is to build relationships over those two years to see where God might take me and to see what doors might open up. And that's actually something that I did in 2015 when I left ES or started to think about leaving ESPN all the way up to 2017 when I did leave ESPN was I think at that point, I'm in my early 40s, I understood, let's build some relationships here, not look for jobs, but build relationships and see what door opens up and Sports Spectrum opened up. So I know that's not exactly the answer you were looking for. But I think when you go back 23 years, it was a different time than it is now, for sure. As you talk about those two years when you were building the relationships, um, just the big theme as I, as I read your, your book, uh, just bloom where you're planted. And uh, something I wrestle with is, uh, you know, a lot of coaches were, were achievers, uh, goal-oriented, trying to move forward, but also bloom where you're planted. It's that tension between being all in where you're at, but also having ambitions and dreams. 
Um, but just what was that like for you in those two years where you're kind of feeling this itch to, to maybe do ministry, um, but you're also still at planted at ESPN? Um, what was that like for you to try to dig in your roots there and impact the people you are at, you were with? It was hard earlier than later. I will say that. Um, and what I mean by that is in 2015, when I first started thinking about what would it be like to leave ESPN and maybe ministry was a place, uh, I was probably in the worst season of my time at ESPN as far as the job I was working in. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the job as much as it was the surroundings, the culture, the, you know, a lot of other outside things like the actual put your head down and do your work job is always fun. I mean, it's sports, right? You know, and I was working on the NFL and Major League Baseball. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm not really complaining about, you know, working on those sports. And it was a, it was very much an honor for me. But I could sense that the culture and the, you know, the, the situation that I was in, it just wasn't the best. So I was looking to maybe leave because when people are at a terrible time in their life or, you know, you see this in relationships, you see this in marriages, you see this in jobs. When it's not going great, we kind of bolt and look for something else. And often sometimes it's when we stay in and persevere through those difficult times that God has a better plan in place, right? And he honors that. And for me, as much as I wanted to leave ESPN in 2015, if I'm being completely honest, I remember going to my wife and saying, I want to get out of here. And uh, this opportunity to go uh, meet with a guy who runs a ministry down in Colorado came at the end of 2015. And in turn, that led to me taking a job with that same ministry a year later. Mm-hmm. But I went and I interviewed and I not interviewed, but I had a conversation and heard about the ministry and kind of learned more about what they were doing. And I came back to my wife and said, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go work for this ministry. And she's like, slow your roll, dude. Like, we're not moving to Colorado and we're not going anywhere and you can't just out and out leave. What are you doing? And uh, the beautiful thing is my wife was spot on. You know, this is five years now, six years later. I remember those conversations with her and she was spot on. Like she had this real conviction in her spirit that I was kind of just wanting to bolt when things were getting tough. And, uh, you know, she's like, I don't think you're doing this because God wants you to do it. I think you're doing it because you want to do it. And that made a lot of sense to me uh, now. Then, then it didn't because you're in those moments and you just want to get out. But in talking to my wife, obviously, and kind of just settling in and saying, okay, now is not the time. It's funny how God works, right? Literally a week later or so, I got a call from one of my bosses and they said, hey, we have an opening to go work on Mike and Mike in the morning. Would you want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's let's get a little change of scenery, but not leave ESPN. But let's let's go work for a show like Mike and Mike. I mean, at the time, the most popular sports morning show for sure in the country. And they had built up such a legacy and such a unbelievable um, fan base and audience that I thought, well, let's let's try this change of scenery. Right. And I went to Mike and Mike. And I loved it. I mean, I loved working on that show again. I had worked on it previously, very early in my career. But to come back and my spend my last year at ESPN working with those two guys and on that show and being able to travel and go to sp- go to events and be a part of things that I'd really not have been a part much a part of during the rest of my career was amazing. And so all of a sudden in 2016, I'm having this this rebirth of work at ESPN, but in my spirit, I still knew 
that God was probably calling me away sooner than later. But this time I knew that it was God and not Jason because I was in a great spot as opposed to a spot that was not so great previously. So then I spent 2016, like I told you, building relationships, talking to people, people in in the faith space, people in the uh, you know not faith space, in, in people who are authors and and other people who are just in a different place than sports broadcasting. And all I did was ask for their time, do the old-fashioned phone call. I go out for a walk in in the middle of the summer and say, "Can I get 30 minutes with you?" And I'd have a conversation on a walk. All that just to say, can I, can I learn from you for 30 minutes and hear your story? And through that, you know, God kept speaking, I think, to my spirit and saying, don't forget, I want you to do more for me. And I was just trying to be obedient. I call it active patience, Chad. Active patience. I write about that in the book, too, about not sitting on your butt and waiting for something to happen, but at the same time, being patient and knowing that when the door is meant to open it'll open like the real door. I mean, you can open up some doors yourself and, you know, like you and me have a phone call and share some of our wisdom, but the door, I mean, the the next step door, you know, that's trusting God. And a year later, after building that relationship with Steve Stenstrom, who is now my boss, former NFL quarterback, he oversees professional athletes outreach and sports spectrum. And he came to me in the fall of 2016 and said, I think I got an opportunity that might make more sense. You don't have to move to Colorado. You can start a podcast and help lead our, or build up, I should say, our sports spectrum media brand. And uh, through a lot of prayer and another another trip out to, to meet him in person and uh, interview, I said yes, and that's where that door opened up. Now, it's not as easy as it sounds because it was a 40% pay cut. It was a contract position. There was no benefits, and it was working in ministry. And it's a nonprofit, much different world than the 40% more I was making at ESPN and all the benefits that come with working for Disney. And at that time, I would say the security of working for a place for that long. Obviously, we've had layoffs. ESPN has had layoffs recently. So that security might have might have been out the door. But it still was a big leap of faith for me to leave. And uh, that's what it was. That's what those two years was, was spending time like you say, blooming where you're planted, appreciating the work you're doing, but also being actively patient in waiting to see where God might open up the door to go next. It's hard to imagine if you wouldn't have been obedient in that to look back in the past four years and, and see how much impact that you've had, how much of a microphone you've given to so many Christian athletes. Um, like, let me jump in here, Chad, because uh, one thing that I, I remember my, my wife and I having this conversation about, and it jumps off of what you just said. I said to my wife, when it was time to really take that leap in 20, at the end of 2016, my, my last day was February of 2017 at ESPN, but it was really November, December, 2016. When we made that decision. I said to her, I said, listen, if this is not from God and this is from Jason, this will blow up in our face. The door will shut. It will crumble. And I'll probably be going back to work at ESPN or somewhere else. I said, but if this is from God, I said, I really, really do believe he will open up a door to keep this moving and to bless the ministry in whatever way he will bless that, maybe bless me too, but I'm not just talking about me, but just 
he'll do his his work the way he wants to do it and the door will swing wide open and chad now i can tell you four years later the door has swung wide open not just with sports spectrum but opportunities to write two books and to speak and to share and just do things that i never thought i would be able to do if i if i was staying at espn and you're right if i was in essence, disobedient to God and trying to make that move sooner on my own merit, it would have absolutely blown up in a, in a really bad way, I, I'm convinced, because it wasn't the right time. Um, but thankfully, my wife and God, of course, intercepted and, and ran it back, you know, for a touchdown and said, nope, you're not, you're not going that route yet, just yet, slow your roll. And uh, yeah, I do think about, though, if I had jumped that on my own, and I think a lot of people might have those regrets. Like, are they jumping to the next thing on their own? Or is this really from God? And, uh, you know, there's lessons to be learned in all of these. Even if it wasn't from God, there's a lesson that God will teach you during those times. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard thing to decipher the difference between what we're feeling and what God is calling us to do. So good. Um Man, and and one thing that we've seen with interviewing coaches is that when it does doesn't make sense, um, sometimes that's that's God. And uh, you know, some of the coaches past that we've had on here, it doesn't make any sense from a worldly perspective, but they're following God's call on their life, and that's what's so beautiful. And man, for you after after four years of doing this, and and maybe a little bit of a, a grind in the ministry, and you know, we we hear the sad stories of of leaders um, fall and, and, um, but just for you, have you had any ounce of like burnout or, or wear out or how are you kind of prolonging yourself um, in this ministry? Yeah, I was, you know, you and I shared a little bit beforehand about what kind of questions might be coming my way. And that's one that really stood out because I don't feel like I've, I've had any burnout in four years, but there were some moments I would say, especially early on when, you know, to be completely honest and probably get a little bit, you know, more behind the scenes than I need to, you know, the job that I had had been hired to do initially was for 24 hours or 20 hours a week, something like that. But I was putting in 40 to 50 just because I was so passionate about sports spectrum and wanting to do that, do right by that brand and, and build it up and, and really putting a lot of time into that world. Thankfully it's become full-time now and it is my main job, but there felt, I felt like there was some burnout early on because I, I was trying to balance a lot of things. I was also trying to, at, at least at that time, because there was so much unexpected, unexpectancy, I think, when I left ESPN, um, what else I might do that I started trying to build like consulting business. And, and uh, you know, I was, you know, the book was coming and I wanted to speak and I was trying to control how much I would speak and make a certain amount of money and all of these things that I think when I was really trying to hang on to the reins too much is where I felt like I was saying, slow down a little bit. And, um, you know, I never felt burnt out. I would say I never felt burnt out in, in my career working, like really burnt out. Like I hear people be like, I need like eight weeks, a sabbatical and all that. I've never really had that. I think I've always been able to balance my, my time, maybe early on at my time at ESPN, I felt a little burnout because I had just put so much time into working. Um, you know, and, and being on call for so many hours that I needed to, I needed some breaks here and there, but burnt out to me is when you just feel exhausted at the end of the day and you have nothing left to give anyone else. 
And I've never really been to that place. Certainly, I felt that maybe a little bit at ESPN because you always felt like you had to be on uh, or on call, you know, or, or available. You know, once they started giving you phones, Chad, I mean, it felt like you had to check your email every five minutes and then your text every five minutes. But for the most part, I've been able to kind of, especially since I left ESPN, you know, the, thank thank goodness the the company I work for and, and the boss and Steve Stenstrom that I mentioned and Howard and some of my other teammates at Sports Spectrum, we really preach the idea of family, you know, and not even balance, like the priorities, right? If I had to go see my daughter and pick her up from school at 2.30 today in the middle of a day and I went, I'm not getting called like, where did you go? Why did you leave for a half hour? What were you doing? No, they understand. I had to go get my daughter. And then I come back home and I get my work done. When I'm on the road, it's a little different. You know, I'm in the office all the all day long. But when I'm home, which is where I mostly spend my time in my office with the door shut like now, that is when I put my head down and I work. But I also know that if I need to escape and breathe and spend time in prayer even and put some worship music on, something like that, that just helps my, get my mind right and relax me a little bit, then I can do that. So I know that's hard for coaches, some coaches to hear because coaching is a grind, maybe the, the biggest grind of any job in sports if you're the head coach because you're putting your head down and you're there all the time. And I think the only person that I can think of off the top of my head that really does this well, and I'm sure there's many others, so this is not a knock on anybody else, was Coach Dungy, Coach Tony Dungy. When he was coaching, like he would make a point to go home every night and spend time with his family and have dinner. And NFL coaches, that's just unheard of. But he did it, and he still had a lot of success, and he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame now. So it clearly worked for him. And I think that's that's a good example of always remembering where your priorities are, God, family, and then your job. So it's hard. Yeah, totally essential for, for each coach to kind of find that rhythm to stay fresh so they can keep pouring out. But just for you, do you have any daily habits or routines that, that helps you stay close to the Lord? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of varied throughout the years. And I would say, you know, if you asked me this question five years ago, uh, it would have been a little different, but they still revolve around the same things, right? Like prayer, like reading God's word. Um, I'm a podcast listener and not all of those are like perfectly, you know, spiritual Christian podcasts that are going to give me God's word every day. You know, a lot of them are just escapes, you know, sports and, and leadership and other kind of topics that I'll listen to. But from, from a spiritual connection to God, I think that the two big things are discipline every day, Monday through Friday, wake up at 5.30 a.m. Like that's my thing. And uh, if that means I have to go to bed at 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night, I do. Um, sometimes I don't, but most of the time I do. So I can wake up and uh, the first thing I do is I go downstairs and uh, I start and this is true. I, I'll pace around my house down in the basement a little bit. And in that pacing is my prayer time. Some people can go into a room and shut their door and get on their knees. I need to kind of be walking. And as I'm walking, I'm kind of praying, talking to God. Sometimes I'm saying the same things. Sometimes I'm trying to think of different things because I don't want to just get caught up in, in repeating a prayer, like repeating a song. But that's what I do. And then uh, I read a devotional every morning. We're in the you know, in 2021, I've made a point to try to read the gospels in the year, in this year. And that's it. Uh, I'm sure I'll read other, other books in my church as, you know, we're going through um, the Psalms right now, but I'm trying to get closer to God, but understand the person of Jesus more. 
And I think going deep into the gospels helped that. And so we have a six or seven people that are in my life group and we're all going through this devotional together. It's called the gospels in a year. And uh, I read, you know, a scripture portion of scripture. We're still in Matthew, even though it's, you know, we're taping this in February, we're still in Matthew here. We're going through a little slow, but then it's a commentary underneath. And when you read that, it helps you understand what you, what you read. Uh, so I do that every day as well. And that's a Monday through Sunday deal. The pacing and the walking and the prayer at 530 is a Monday through Friday deal. Um, but each day, including the weekends, you know, obviously going to church, I, I still want to make that a priority. And uh, in the pandemic, it's been hard. But I go like, and put the mask on. If I'm going to go to the grocery store or if I'm going to go to you know, vacation or if I'm going to go on a trip, then I got to think I got to go be able to go to church too. And uh, I'll just wear my mask and, and keep safe and do all the social distancing you got to do for right now. But I'm going to church and I want to be around the community of people at church. And so that's a priority as well each weekend for me. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And we uh, we didn't even get to get into your book a whole lot. Uh, just one question on it. Chapter 17 says sure. uh, big time, big time empathy. And um, yeah. I know that's a, a big word for you. And it's something that I honestly really struggle with. If you ask my wife, if you ask my players, there's moments where they, they maybe don't feel cared for. And uh, one of the first things you said about being a Christian coach is caring for others. And it's uh, who I want to be. And uh, I know just from, from our interactions that you are so quick to serve, so quick to help. And, and you're really showing the world Christ through that, even just you coming on this, this podcast. And mm -hmm. just uh, curious for your time at ESPN and, and now in the ministry, encouraging others, um, how, how have you been able to build a, a heart of empathy and uh, how do you try to practice that in, in your daily life? You know, empathy is something that uh, I really didn't even think about or understand until I would say in the last 10 years. And uh, that started with, it's funny because I think I've had empathy for others in the workplace. You know, I never really try to judge people. I mean, I think we all have a, a little bit of a judgmental spirit in us from a worldly perspective. It just comes right. But I've always tried to look at the side of, well, that person, you know, that stinks for them. They must be going through a difficult time. And that's what empathy is, right? Seeing, seeing things from the other person's perspective. But I always had a struggle with my own family with that, especially with my father. And so when my father was at his lowest point, we had a broken relationship and he's an alcoholic and there's a whole nother podcast that we could do about him. But when he was at his lowest point, I saw him finally as a person who God loved and cared for, just like God loves and cared for me. And I didn't see this man as a broken, you know, mess of a dad who wasn't there for me, blah, blah, blah. I saw him as a child of God and that changed my perspective on him. Now I still had to work through a lot of issues, but that changed how I saw my father. And so I think carrying that through, even in the situations when you're working or going through a difficult time, whether it's with, a, if you're a coach listening and it's with a player, or an assistant coach, or an opposing coach, wherever it might be, and you find yourself just so angry and upset, and empathy is the last thing you want to, you know, instill into your into your daily walk. Um, begin to think about who God is. Like that's what happened for me, and what He, and who He is, what He what He cares about, and remembering that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God didn't so love the people that only you care about or like. He loved everyone, right? That he he sent his son to die for every single person that's ever existed. 
So that's empathy is us seeing others as God would see them. And I think it's important to remember that even in the midst of still being tough or, you know, upset or having a difficult time, you know, as coaches, it's like you have your players that make a mistake and you're like, come on, man, don't do that. You know, and your voice goes to a level and you're like, oh, I just turned into to the coach voice there. You can do that, I think, but still kind of have that empathy for them too. Like, oh, I understand how upset that person must be that they made that mistake. Do they understand the mistake they make? Yes. Okay. Now it's time to just care for them and show empathy for them, but also teach them at the same time. A lot of that is like parenting, Chad, right? And parenting. And we've messed that up too. I mess that up every day with my daughter where I find myself screaming and yelling a lot more than loving and caring. And even though I've always loved her, the screaming and yelling can drown out the love and the care. And then she doesn't feel love and care, even though I'm trying to scream and yell and teach her. And I'm doing that because I love and care for her. It's such a disaster when you try to figure it all out. Um, but that's why we need God. And I think the empathy comes back to remembering who God is and what he said he did, which was come to save and love all of us. And so we look at others in that same realm. That's where empathy can really be, you know, I think, a real good attribute. That's really good. Thank you for, for sharing that and your vulnerability. And, and even just through reading your book, I, I love the sports stories. I, I love the, the biblical principles in it. And most of all, I really enjoyed getting to know you better through, through you sharing personal stories. Um, um, I, I really love that about you. But just how can we be praying for you today? You know, I just got this new position with Sports Spectrum. Um, and now I'm the quote, this is just the title, right? And titles are titles, but it's the director of media for sports spectrum. And I'm still doing the podcast and, and, and still editing and producing in that area. But I am now in charge of a, a, a larger amount of work at, at, at sports spectrum. And I'm overseeing all of our ministry, uh, media, you know, channels, whether it's sports, sports spectrum's website, our magazine, the podcast, other new areas that I'm not even, you know, privy to right now. And so I think prayer for direction in that, because that's a really exciting, but a little scary venture for me, because I've not been in charge of large amounts of media channels in the past. You know, I've done my own little thing, even at ESPN and tried to do that to the best of my ability, but this is a lot more responsibility for me. I'm excited about it. I've been waiting for an opportunity like this, uh, but it's kind of like going from being, you know, a volunteer coach to an assistant coach to a head coach. And with becoming a head coach, there's more responsibility. And that's kind of how I feel with this new role. It's very fresh. Like literally as we speak two weeks ago is when I got this role. So be praying for that, I think. And just, you know, for God to guide it and to be, you know, be in it and remembering that we're, we're in both media and ministry. So we have to operate it like a business, but we also are in ministry as well with a goal of sharing the gospel. So it's a, it's a neat place to be in, but it's also a hard place to be in because you have to do both and, and do it well. And so, yeah, that's probably where I would ask for prayer. Good stuff. Well, let's pray right now. Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news that, that Jesus came and laid down his life for us and that we can know him and that we can have eternal life. Um, Thank you so much just for Jason, for his ministry. Um, pray that you'll keep him fresh and, and connected to you, that he'd abide with you. And we know that the enemy is roaring like a prowling lion. And uh, 
Just pray that we'll, we'll all stay strong spiritually, that we'll stay connected to you. And God, please bless Jason in, in this new role. Uh, help him to, to lead well, help him to uh, take care of the, the work in the business, and also remember the ministry. Please bless him in his home as well. Help him to be uh, the leader for his wife and his daughter. And uh, we pray that you'll just uh, bless the rest of this day and, uh, and use us today, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Chad, what a great conversation you had with Jason Romano. I was really impressed by how many times he said the words, and I talked with my wife. You know, yes. and sometimes we think that coaching is just us and, you know, with our staff at, at work. Um, but it's not. Our families are affected by our jobs. It, it's just there's no way to separate the two. And I was just so impressed by how many times he went to his wife and brainstormed with her and asked for her opinion. And sometimes he spoke up and just threw it on his face that maybe he wasn't pursuing God's will, but he was pursuing his own will. Yeah. Um, love that for sure. And uh, also want to highlight just his tips on empathy, um, you know, just focusing on who God is and what God cares about. And I love how he shared that his, his view of his father changed when he started to view his father as loved and a child of God. And I think if I could look at every human being that I encounter with that, um, it's for sure going to change my heart towards them. Yeah, that that was a almost like a slap in my face, you know, because sometimes we get so mad at, at somebody and the guy cuts you off in the street, on the road, um, somebody at the cashier just taking forever and you want to check out and all this stuff. And I think if we all can just do a better job of looking at everyone as God's creation and God's loved children, um, then I think we could all do a much better job. For sure. And uh, I really like hearing the habits and disciplines of successful people. And, uh, you know, it's not an accident that, that Jason is uh, doing so many great things for, for the world and for others. But just hearing that he gets up every day, Monday through Friday at 5.30 a.m. And even just how, you know, some people, maybe they go at their knees and pray or maybe they read or maybe they work out first. But just for him to just say that he paces and pray, prays. And uh, I just thought that uniqueness was, was beautiful, that that's he knows that's how he can connect with the Lord uh, best. Yeah. Um, Coach, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jason. We're so thankful for you and thankful for all the support that you've shown us on social media and via emails. And um, if you can continue to um, subscribe, share, um, review us on um, on podcasts. And um, Coach, never forget this. The mission field is right where you're at.